Okay, friends, and welcome back to the Speak Out Loud podcast. Hey, everybody. We are so glad you are joining us today. We have a really special episode and a special guest that we I've been excited for weeks to get to share this uh, episode and this, this yes. share this friend with you as mm-hmm. I think she's got great wisdom, great insight, and um, I think this is going to be some great time together. She's very busy. She is um, continuing her education. And so, Brenda, we appreciate your time on this and just taking some time out when you're at home to meet with us. I know this will be super beneficial. Yeah. So today's guest is Brenda Elledge, and she is the founder and leader of Elledge Counseling Associates in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. In just a minute, we're going to have her share a little bit about herself Mm -hmm. and her practice, her family. But we can't start without talking about our history with Brenda. and. Mm Just, I, I think I'm, I'm probably accidentally going to date all of us here by saying don't, this. Don't, But say our friend, I won't, I won't give the exact number of years, but our friendship with Brenda goes back a really long time mm-hmm. to when we were 18 years old. Yes. And all of us were freshmen at Dallas Baptist University. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking that probably in those days that uh, DBU was so small that I'm sure we all met. We met our first week of school. Yes, or I think I met her the first day of school. I met you the first day of school, Doug. So I think so. Brenda and I, neither one were shy, reserved, or anything like that. So I'm sure that we met pretty quick. I bet we did. And I bet we were the ones that overwhelmed Doug because, you know, he was a little bit more reserved. (laughs) Hi, Doug. Be my friend. (laughs) I was I was very much, much quieter and shyer than I am today, I think. And uh, yeah, I was drawn to you guys. You guys became quick friends because Mm -hmm. I was like, these people are just so outgoing. And, uh, man, it's fun to be around them. Well, I don't have to talk much if I'm around them. Brenda, yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but all the baseball players were lined up against the wall in the co-ed. And they just were standing there thinking pretty much that they were all that. And so <laughs> I was just like, come on, guys, let's just break it down. Well, and if you're around DBU, it probably hasn't changed much, has it? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no, so probably not. It hasn't changed much in that respect, at least. So, um we thought it'd be fun to jump into today's episode by just each sharing maybe a, a favorite college memory mm-hmm. or something favorite about one of each other from college days. Yeah, so, and I can start that out by easily remembering something about yours and my friendship. Brenda, we wouldn't get to see each other for a few weeks like and have a really big conversation. Right. And so we would be, we would say, okay, let's meet at TCBY Yogurt. Yep. Do you remember that place? I do, I do. And it's sad that it's not there, but I remember those times as being very special. Lots of fun, yeah. just us. I love that memory. Yes, we had something very much in common that um, common that our we were coming from single moms. Um, my situation had been more recent than yours, but my mom and dad had just divorced like weeks, months before I met you. And so you were a great person for me to be able to talk to at a private Christian school that was pretty small. We were kind of in the minority in that way, but we were so included. But sometimes I just needed to talk to you. Yeah. Oh, I love those times. I really yeah. remember those. That was going to be my memory too. You shared my memory. <laughs> okay. You can 
you can share more about it. Whatever. Well, I, I totally remember that just sneaking off in some one of the mm -hmm. evening times and just enjoying our time at TCBY, getting our yogurt and sitting and visiting. I love those. I love yeah, those. Do you remember what it stands for, TCBY? Yeah, the country's best yogurt. I was wrong then because I thought it stood for this can't be yogurt. I was trying to tell Stacy that's what it said last night. I don't know. It's it's no longer there. So yeah. all the places have, have gone out of business. We were so. so hungry. We would go and order one and just, it was so good. Good. I mean, the food. Very good. Yeah, we just needed this. Yeah, absolutely. This, so, yeah. Well, and and I think for me, I was there's so many memories from DBU, but specifically maybe that involves all of us. I was just thinking about, you know, DBU now has all these dining options and, you know, the kids hardly ever, the students hardly ever eat in the cafeteria, really. But uh, that's all we had. So we were always in the cafeteria for our meals. Oh, yeah. And I can just remember, you know, we had so many different friends and a big friend group, but ending up at the table with the two of you. And just really being kind of in awe that I was there with the life of the party. Which anytime you guys were together, it was definitely the life of the party. And that was just always um, a lot of fun. And and too, Brenda, I was thinking about your mom. I think Stacey and I both would have memories of this that, uh, you know, whether I think definitely there was a few meals we got to share that Mama Lou fixed or just even be around her and her encouragement. But that was, you know, especially for me coming from a small town in Oklahoma and going to you know, what felt like, you know, the big city It was a big city, but, th but that mm -hmm. was kind of that big transition that really meant a lot to me and, and was very much appreciated. That's good. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Well, let's, let's let you Brenda share a little bit about yourself to everybody. Um, so just tell us a little about yourself, your practice, your family, just things going on in your life. And um, right. I know our, our listeners would love to hear that. Okay. Well, um, graduated from DBU with my degree in psychology and then went on to UNT to get my degree in counseling. And um, after that, or around the same time, is when I met my husband, Philip. And then we got married and uh, we have three boys now. Um, I always struggle with ages because I'm not good with numbers, but somebody's <laughs> 22 and somebody's yeah. 19 and the, then the baby is 15. So okay. I have all my boys. And so around the time that Philip and I were getting married, I talked to my pastor and I said, hey, um, there's a new inventory for premarital counseling. And not only counselors use it, but pastors and lay people can be trained to use this. I think, you know, you need to do this. This would be great for you. And you know how, mm -hmm. what happens sometimes in churches when they say, this is a great idea, they go, yeah, you do that. Yep. Yes. So, <laughs> right. So that's when my pastor said, yeah, that's great. You do that and uh, come on board with us and start doing our premarital. And that's really how um, the counseling that I do now partnering with churches began was just my pastor believing in me and saying, Hey, yeah, come do that. So since then we've grown and the model is that we partner with churches and they let us use our offices. Uh, they let us use their offices when they're done in the evenings or on Saturdays. And that really helps us because we get to offer sessions that, that typically are a little bit less than people obviously are who are having to uh, take care of renting office space. And so we right. try to pass that along to our clients and it is just so wonderful to partner with churches and we love that 
So um, it's not always easy because you don't have a spot that you get to call your own. But I think the trade-off is so worth it. Um, so yeah. I'm right. just so thankful for our churches that do that. Yeah. So that's well, what, and, what and I'm doing many, now. Yeah. How many and how many locations do you have around the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex? So again, this uh, this sounds so interesting to some people. I'm sure not good with numbers. So <laughs> I'm gonna guess that I've got around maybe seven or eight churches that partner with okay. us. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. There you go. Well, you're great with people, so it's okay if you're not great with numbers. <laughs> that's that's uh, obviously uh, yeah. a much needed strength. Well, and we were talking before we came on air today. You're you're about to wrap up your doctorate degree at Texas A&M. So maybe. Just mention that briefly and, and what that's what that is in and what you're doing there. Yeah, so it's with the the Texas A&M Commerce um, University, and it's in counselor education and supervision, which just means it prepares me to teach uh, master's level students and supervise them. So I I have been an adjunct at DBU for many many years, and um, again because another wonderful person said, Hey, how about you do that? And, and just believed in me. And, uh, so I've been doing that for many, many years. So this just helps provide better education for me to do that in a master's program. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Very good. Well, congratulations. That's a big accomplishment. I know really you worked good. really hard. Well, we, we, I don't, I don't want to forget to mention this. So Brenda taught one of our daughters at DBU, yes, had her in yes. class. So yes. you've got counseling experience. You've you're an entrepreneur, you are um, a professor, and and so you've done all these things, and, and we are really proud and excited to call you our friend, mm -hmm. and such a long-time, lifelong friend in many ways, and the impact you've made on both of our lives, Brenda, is really significant. So we are glad you're here today, because we are thrilled that our listeners get to hear from you, and just, just your perspective, and your experience, and your wisdom and knowledge. So why don't we jump in and just start talking through some of the things that we've um, come today to, to visit about. And, and the overall, I'd say the overall umbrella over this topic was we wanted to talk about the, the value of counseling and therapy. And as we talk about finding hope in um, mental illness and, and finding hope for families that struggle, maybe they have a loved one that struggle with mental illness that, you know, for our story, counseling and therapy has been such a huge part of that and a huge um, just key element to our lives that we want to also hear from your perspective, Brenda, about obviously we know we're not asking questions about specific cases and clients, sure. but just just from your perspective, what do you see there as the value and how you see this resource impacting people and really changing people's lives for the better? So as we jump in, you know, the topic that's in everybody's mind and you know, it's hard to escape from is how have you seen the pandemic impact mental health? Yeah. I mean, I think right now we hear a lot of people who have done, you know, the research and the studies and, and showing that there has been an increase in, in symptoms and, and troubles that people are facing. But on the practical end, just what I see, I see people calling and they, they call me first before I set them up with any of my staff. So I get to hear, you know, first thing when they're calling and a lot of them talk about, it's just been such a hard year and a half. It's just been so difficult or it's just been so stressful. So I'm hearing it. You know, I don't, I don't need to read the research. I'm hearing it when people call and it has just drained people, you know, the reserves that maybe they had, 
have been drained, or it highlighted the fact that there were already difficulties that, that weren't being addressed. So I see both of those going on for sure. Yeah, I know people who've said, you know, I had no idea what it felt like to be anxious and I've never experienced that or struggled with it or mm-hmm. or depressed or just overly concerned. And they're like, wow, I had no idea what people are going were going through. And so I really think it's heightened people's mercy, sensitivity, yeah. empathy towards um, people who have maybe experienced that way before the pandemic was even known about. So it's, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think that's very true. You know, that if you didn't experience anxiety or you didn't experience times of depression, um, going through what we've all collectively gone through, you know, in, in different ways has definitely increased that compassion and that awareness for sure. Sure. Well, I think it's so important for people to know, you know, and just to hear People like you share, Brenda, you know, if they're going through something, they're definitely not the only one. Oh, no. I mean, I think so often what we've experienced and what we see in others is that mental illness seems to have this isolating factor where it makes you feel alone or makes you, it pushes you to be by yourself and try to isolate. And that's a great, one of the great powers to it is that you feel like um, I'm the only one or nobody else knows what I'm going through. And really the exact opposite is true. And that's where maybe visiting with a therapist, talking to a counselor can be so helpful to even just for that relief of knowing this is not a rare disease. This is something that many people are experiencing and that that you or your team also has great experience in helping people through at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I laugh because I say some of the some of the things that I tell people all the time is I, I, I do the whole normalizing like that's normal. You know what you're telling me is normal. And, and obviously there's a range but like you said, I mean, you're not the only one. And then some of these responses to really big situations are normal when you yeah. think about that. I mean, like we've never all been through this before. So some of these responses really make sense and are really normal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, just to kind of piggyback on that first question, um, Brenda, do you think that mental illness is actually increasing or is it that our awareness and openness openness to discussing it is? Um, is the thing that's increasing about it. You know, I'm going to, this is one of those, well, it depends kind of uh, answer. I I definitely think our awareness has just increased and I'm so thankful for that. And when our awareness increases, my, my hope is, and I think that the stigma to it is decreasing. I mean, that's even what I'm finding so much in the church, particularly. And I'm going to say that a high percentage of the people that call us are looking for faith-based counseling. They're finding out about it. They Google us, of course, but they're finding out about their path from their pastor or from their church's website or from somebody in their church. So they're looking to integrate their faith, but that means that their church is talking about it, right? So their their church is talking about it. Their church is putting like a stamp of approval and saying, Mm -hmm. it's okay to have Jesus and a therapist too, so I think yeah. the stigma is decreasing. And I love that. I'm so thankful yeah. for that. So while somebody might say in the research that, yes, it's increasing, I, I'm going to say I'm really seeing our awareness is increasing. And, and I'm thankful for that. I couldn't, I honestly couldn't agree more just from my peers that I know struggle with the same things I do, the depression, the anxiety and different things um, that 
that's what we've talked about. People who aren't professionals, people who are um, just trying to um, thrive when our minds are saying to die, um, that we just see it's been kind of like a slow boil. And then now it's just kind of erupting um, as far as what other people are seeing. And what we've been saying is, help, help, you know, we're drowning here and people haven't known what to do with us unless we have gone to counseling. I can remember sitting in church many times where I felt like, felt so guilty for sitting there going, you know what, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of this week, I'm going to be in counseling. Why isn't God enough? And he is more than enough, but he has planted people in our lives and they're becoming more prevalent. Um that can help us help us survive. Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually a question we were going to ask you, Brent. I appreciate you diving into that because we were, we were thinking, you know, how is, have you seen the overall perception during the course of your career um, change towards counseling? And it sounds like you have, but also I think it's really exciting to see how you're partnering with churches and, and, and pastors and churches are, are expressing an openness to it. And probably as they see the impact it's having for members of their congregations, it's even increasing their openness to it to say, we want more of that, not less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely seen it uh, for sure. I, I still remember beginning, you know, my my education and, and hearing that there were still some people in the Christian community who were saying, no, we don't need this. And, and basically, you know, Jesus and the word is enough. Why are you doing anything else in a very condemning way, you know, mm-hmm. in a very condemning way. And just to see where we are now, where not only are pastors opening up their doors to us and saying, we believe so much in it. We want to provide it to our people and to the community, but that pastors from the pulpit are talking about it. They're talking about their own counseling. They're yeah, talking about true. when they go see their therapist and the benefit. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a huge difference. And again, I'm so thankful for that. It makes such a difference in removing the shame and the stigma from somebody in their congregation when they hear that their pastor is going to go see their therapist. Right. It's such a relief. It's such a relief to not only know that it's okay for me to talk about it in my church Christian setting um, with my Christian peers, but it's also a relief to know that I can say to somebody else in my community, please go see someone and it not be taboo. Yeah, I'm probably not the only one who said that to them. And so I, I love that. Yes. Well, I think it's so important is, is you have built partnerships, you know, for pastors, if, if we have pastors, church leaders listening to build their referral list. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of pastors, you know, engage in pastoral counseling and they're bringing biblical wisdom to to people's problems and helping encourage and guide and direct them on that path. But I think, you know, from my own experience years ago, when I served in a church, you know, there's, there's that place where you hit a brick wall because that's not where you're for most pastors, at least that's not where their training is. Sure. They're not licensed counselors. They're not trained in, in the myriad of things that someone may be dealing with and they need to call in and, and know when to refer that person to somebody else probably for their own protection, but also for the, the benefit of that person they're trying to help too. So if somebody is considering counseling, Brenda, um, and trying to decide if they need it or if they should pursue it, what would you share with them? So I think if someone is wondering, should I get some counseling? Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to say that that first wondering might be the inclination that, yeah, I probably should. If it's Mm -hmm. popping into my head and I'm wondering about it, I'm going to say, well, then why don't you go ahead? Check it out. Mm -hmm. It might not be that you're in counseling forever. It might not be that you're in counseling for three months. It might be that you are at a stuck point and you need to just talk with somebody who's objective, maybe two or three or four times. Um, so I think if you're wondering, that's kind of a good sign that let me go ahead and do this. Let me go ahead and try this out. But for sure, even if it's just not the wondering, if whatever difficulty or issue per se or struggle continues in maybe a cycle or continues in a pattern I would say that would be maybe a sign Mm -hmm. that I want to reach out. Sure. Also, if it's beginning to impact how I function. So if Mm -hmm. I'm really struggling in how I function, maybe at home, maybe at work, maybe in relationships, if it's really impacting functioning, I would say that would probably be another sign. It'd be Mm -hmm. good to reach out and just get a little extra help. Brenda, this is kind of a two-part question. Um, The first part would be, why is it important that we not try to face our mental health challenges alone? And then the second part of that is what is some advice you would have for families, for family and friends who may have a loved one facing a mental health challenge? So I think one of the difficulties we have, all of us, in facing some of our challenges is the fact that we have blind spots, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we we don't always see everything and we don't always see it accurately. That's the nature of a blind spot. And so that's why getting some outside, getting some objective help is so powerful. They can see things I can't. They can give me help that I, I can't see because I'm, I'm stuck right here in, in this little tunnel. Right. So trying to manage a, a mental illness, maybe even trying to manage another issue just on my own, I think that's a difficulty. So being able to have this objective person who can see things I can't see because of my blind spot is so, so helpful. Yeah. So the second part that you were saying, what about if I'm trying to help and support someone who's dealing with mental illness, right? Right. Right. Yeah. You know, sometimes there is the, the person who's struggling who may not reach out for help for whatever reason they're not there yet. So sometimes the help and support is for this other person. And that's really necessary and very helpful because they can get weary and they can get discouraged. And sometimes they're not to be blaming, but they might be a little bit of the problem too. And so maybe again, that blind spot that they've got can be helped by having this objective person just say, Hey, have you thought about this? Have you considered this? What about this? That, of mm-hmm. course, they couldn't see on their own. Right, right. When I could remember when, when Stacy and I really first started on, I'd say, the, the recovery journey, we'd been dealing, and Stacy had been dealing for many years probably with some of these challenges. And I think my response was a blend of denial, optim- some kind of weird kind of cocktail of denial, optimism, just hoping and thinking and saying, if we just push through this, somehow things are going to get better. 
I can somehow push Stacy through and we're just going to get to the magical other side and it's all going to be okay. But I remember when we really hit that point and it was obvious that that wasn't going to happen. And Stacy was looking at me with a lot of desperation, like I need help. Almost like someone says, I think we've used this phrase before, I'm drowning, help me. But yet I'm sitting there on the, you know, on the side. I don't have a, I don't have a rope. I don't have a life preserver. I didn't have anything to throw to her. And I felt so helpless and also so scared because she's looking at me for, for help and rescue. And yet I'm, I don't have it in me. And, and all the things I've been thinking were going to help, you know, deny, just be optimistic, push through, pull through, all that had failed. And so I really needed to turn. And, and we did this where we got some professional help. And it took us time to maybe find the right person, the right diagnosis, the right place. But even just that pressure, it took off. I think it took pressure off me, but it also took pressure off Stacy because she feels like, I've at least got a life raft I can hang on to for a little while and then can get on the life raft and then can get back closer to the shore. But I, I was incapable and I wasn't there, even though I loved her and we were married and, and, and we're, you know, in our marriage, you know, growing together, I wasn't, I just didn't have that in me to provide that kind of help. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of other people, maybe, you know, if they find themselves in that position, um, one to not feel guilty about it, but two, it's also, you know, that can take a lot of pressure off them if somebody else steps in, just like you said, that's objective, that that sees not only my loved one's blind spots, but my blind spots. And um, I spoke to a group the other night, Brenda, you'll appreciate this. And I, I talked about getting not into a heated argument, but a kind of a, a spirited debate with one of Stacy's first therapists about not being in denial, that I was not in denial. <laughs> And I said, you know, it's it's never really wise to debate your therapist about whether or not you're in denial because you're kind of just proving their point for them, you know. So um, we had to learn some some hard learned lessons there for sure. I can remember when we were in the ministry, and I for those of you who are new to our podcast, I grew up in the ministry. My dad was a pastor. I'm I'm a preacher's kid, and um, that was our whole life. And when I knew that I loved Doug and we started to get more and more serious in college and that um, I I really had a deep inkling that we were going to get married. Um, I can remember him saying that he was really called to the ministry and how scared I was. And even though it was playing out different once we did get married and the, it looked different, so many memories came back to my mind of when I was growing up in the ministry that on Saturday nights, case in point, kind of, um, as I was getting more and more depressed, my anorexia was getting louder, my weight was dropping, very little nutrition, so I wasn't able to really think clearly or use that wise mind that um, that we've all got. Um, I would sit in the garage on the floor on Saturday nights and just ask God to please, please not have me go to church the next day, I felt like I was um, kind of becoming the poster child for what it looked like to be anorexic and depressed. It was a very difficult place to be. But to Doug's credit, I remember him being scared um, and him saying, you know what, I've got an MDiv. And so what are we going to do if I'm not in the ministry? And that was a very good question. We did not know. 
so we were both trying to communicate what we were needing because we were both scared. We were both in that really point in our marriage where we were just like, what are we going to do? And it's at that time that I realized something that I'm about to say to you. Please do not let counseling be your last go-to. Let it be one of those first things that you do and that you pray about and say, God, is this something for me? Um, instead of waiting until you absolutely are squelched and cannot breathe anymore and you are in that begging position, I would encourage you to not let it be the last thing that you do, but the first thing that you do with God's permission in your life. Brenda, what do you say about that? Oh, I can't shake my head enough on that one because one of the things that I've done in, in my business is I keep the text threads. Um, I talk with people and then I, I text them the options that we have for open appointments so they can look at it. You know, they're, they can read it. Um, mm-hmm. And I will see, I have text threads from the past 10, 11 years, you know, on my phone. And mm-hmm. I can see people when they call again and I can see, wow, you called two years ago and then you didn't follow through. And here we are again. Or you know, whenever that text was, and it, it does, it makes me sad because I can see it. It was that time they had the thought, they had the inkling, they had that maybe I should. Mm-hmm. And they, and they took all their courage to call because it does take courage. I, sure. In no way do I want to minimize that. It takes courage to call. Mm-hmm. And they did. And then for whatever reason, they didn't follow through. And yet here we are again in a couple right. years. And it makes me very sad. It does make me sad. So I agree with you. Please don't let that you know, people who are listening, don't, don't stop, keep going, yeah. reach out. I, I feel like what people have said to me, like after I've spoken at something or um, they have DM'd us on Instagram or whatever they have said, well, I'm just not quite to that point yet. I'm just not quite bad enough yet. And yeah. my thought on that is, um, you know, we often don't know to our detriment how low we are. And rather than be someone who cries wolf, go ahead and let yourself be someone who says, you know what, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to say, you know what, I am not living, I'm existing, barely existing. And so I want an amazing life, the life that God has for me. And so I'm going to go ahead and do that. And don't assume that you're not low enough. You don't have to be low. My, my therapist has often said, Stacy, if you walk into my office today and you sit here for the entire hour, that's okay. And sometimes we just need a minute. <laughs> sometimes we need 60 minutes to sit there and just be present. And just to know, you know what, when I get up from here, I'm going to have a different perspective because I've had a breather. I've had a rest. Now I've never sat there for that hour. <laughs> um, God always brings things to the forefront that, that she can help me with. So I just know God is faithful to, um, to provide that time when we say, you know what, no matter what point I'm at, I'm going to go ahead and humble myself and make that call. Well, I think Stacy, as you were just sharing that a few minutes ago, I had never really thought through that, I guess, in depth. I, I think I had sensed it and known it, but never really thought about how we we did really wait till the last minute. I mean, we we pushed it probably as far as we could have gone before seeking counseling. And I think we should have been there a lot sooner. And and we were and and I would say to say that's not the way to do it because we were desperately on the edge at that point. 
in every way. So most definitely. And, you know, if it's a financial situation, um, if you're listening and it's, and it is a financial situation, we do realize that for many people getting help is a privilege, but I also know that there are many places in the Metroplex and also Brenda, what you're talking about where they can work out a plan. Um, insurance isn't always accepted because they find that they're dealing with the insurance company more than they're dealing with the client, but please don't let that stop you either. Yeah. I think that's so important to let people know that Again, I get it. When you're at a low point, the energy level that you have to make calls to to find out resources is really low. And I get that. I don't want to minimize that that is a very real issue. But there are places and besides us, I know that we have graduate students and our graduate student fees are extremely low, uh, extremely low. And everybody might not say, well, I don't want to see a graduate student. I say, you know what? I tell people all the time when I was a graduate student and I was working with clients, I, to this day, remember, and this is 25, 27, whatever. I don't remember because it's numbers years ago. (laughs) And I remember a couple of my clients who worked so hard, some that paid $5, some that paid $10 and they worked so hard and, and man, I tell you, they did some good work. God did some amazing healing. And yeah, part of it was me. But when you have somebody who's motivated and wants help, it's going to happen. Even with somebody like me, a graduate student who didn't know very much. And to this day, I tell people when they call and they want to work with our graduate students and they think, well, what can, what can they do? And I say, are you motivated? Because if you're motivated, it can happen. So Mm -hmm. there might be a place like, like ours near you. If you're near a university, you can get counseling through that, that, uh, counseling program for very low cost. There are options available. And I really want people to know about that. Yeah, you mean good. people are going to be out of excuses? Can <laughs> help. They, we want you, we want this episode to work you out of excuses in order yeah. to not get the help that you need. We want to try to, that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to hit all the bullet points that were in our head. Um, we were trying to say that we we weren't as, as low as we thought. And then for a, a, a professional to, to walk into our life and be able to say, you are, and I want to validate that. And now let's get out of it. That, that was a very, very um, special conversation, one I will never forget. Brenda, what would you say would the advice be coming from you to help someone find the right therapist to help them through their particular challenge. How do they do that? I mean, it just seems so big. So for some people, it might be the word of mouth. They might, and I've had people find us because they say, I asked on Facebook, who's a good therapist in this area? (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's obviously somebody who's not afraid to ask. And, and then they'll say, I got several, you know, several people that said, call you guys or whatever. So, you know what? Ask friends if you don't want to do it on Facebook, you know, at least text a couple of people. Word of mouth is really great. If you belong to a church, call your church. Who do they recommend? You know, like you were saying, Doug, pastors need to build their, re- their referral list. They really do. So who do you recommend, pastor or church? Some churches have places listed on their website, depending on how big the church is. And, and again, you know, they're they're bent towards how they want to do that. Um, I would say those are the top ways. If they want to use their insurance, 
they need to look on their insurance website. There's a portal where they can put their zip code in and find out who's in the area. And with that, you can begin to probably find websites and, you know, the, the website of the provider, read their profile, read their bio, see if it, it connects with you. Cause it is absolutely important to fill that click, you know, fill that gel with someone that is so, so very important. Sometimes you can get that from, from reading the profile, making a phone call, seeing how they sound on the phone, uh, seeing if you feel comfortable. I would say all of those things matter. You hope that you find a great fit on the first try, but if you don't, do not give up. Don't let that be one of those things. That's right. <laughs> don't right. give up. Um, so, you know, because not everybody's your best friend the first time you meet them, right? And that's that's okay. right. So same thing with your therapist. But typically, we don't have people that, you know, go round and round with, with several of our therapists. Usually, they're able to kind of get in and, and get a good fit. And I think as long as you read and you check things out and you get recommendations as much as you can, those are all options for finding a good fit. The how-to is so important. It's because if you'll do the how-to steps before you get so low, you're not in that position of having to panic and think, how can I get the best help available in order to help save my life? Yeah. And so that's why we're trying to go ahead and help you um, have these things in place so that that way you don't get to that point. And if you're at that point, you've got a phone call to make. So I want to take it a little deeper here um, now, Brenda. Um, what would you say is the biggest challenge you face or challenges that you face um, in helping your clients? So for most of the clients that, that personally I'm seeing, I, I deal with a lot of trauma mm -hmm. and, and so that's going to be more than just, I'm going to see you once or twice and things are going to be okay. We're going to develop a, a real, probably longer lasting relationship and work together. Right, right. And so some of the challenges, like you mentioned before, are, are going to be financial. Um, and again, that's why we are so thankful that we get to provide different levels so that we can work with people's budgets mm -hmm. um, so that if we know that up front, we're going to set them more with a, a counselor that they can afford to see, you know, mm -hmm. long term. So that's something I really want to be sensitive to when I'm talking to people on the phone. Um, I would say another challenge is if someone doesn't have a support system. Yes is really encouraging them to build that. And that's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. um, because if, if I had great support people around me, you know, uh, I wouldn't be looking for great support people around me. So that, mm -hmm. that can be difficult. And if I've had years of unhealthy behaviors, then I might not even know how to find good, healthy support people. So that's going to be a learning process as well as a developing process. That's one reason we love to also partner with other churches who do wonderful groups like Celebrate Recovery and, right. and other support places like that as well. Because, again, we're not going to try and do it all by ourselves, right? We're, right. You talked about your treatment team before, and I love mm -hmm. that. We don't want to be the only person in our client's life. That's not mm -hmm. healthy. We don't need to be the only one. We want to help connect them with as many other resources as possible so we can be one of those resources, but not the only one. So I think those are probably the biggest challenges uh, that I'm thinking of off the top of my head that we face. Mm -hmm. That's excellent because I think a, 
just like getting help is such a gift that a community is such Mm -hmm. a gift. And if you don't have that community, say you're dealing with things alone and you're feeling really isolated in in how you are feeling and and the things that you are going through, that in itself um, is kind of a warning sign in my life. Yes. Um, in, in what I'm hearing. Um, I need people who are checking on me randomly um, when I get real quiet, when I'm not texting, when I'm not um, following through with things that I said I was going to, like meeting for lunch, helping to uh, help with something at church, just places that I need to be, people's eyes being on me so that that way I know I can't just slip away and disappear. So that's one reason why we pray for you. We may not know you. We may know you. We may have um, only seen your name scroll through, but you are 100% important to us. We have always said that we would do this podcast if it even affected one person. I want you to know that um, when you are listening, that God um, has had you on our heart and we are going to be praying that a community comes around you. Um, Sometimes I look around and go, wow, I'm not friends with that person per se actively anymore, but God, can you bring people into my life that are people that really stay? Um, It takes special people to be in your life when you have mental challenges, mental illness, um, depression, anxiety, self-harm issues, trauma issues. Um, all the things, but you know what? Those people are out there. I can testify to that in my life. And, um, right now they may be in the shadows a little bit and you can just be asking God and ask and know that we are asking them, him this also for you on your behalf to bring those people out of the shadows so that that way you can be seen. Um, and that way, whatever you're going through can be validated through the relationships that you have. And they can ask you, Hey, are you seeing your counselor regularly? Are you in church regularly? How are you doing with this? Um, are you eating? Are you taking your medication? So, um, I would just encourage you if you're someone who has that ability to be supportive in somebody's life, please ask God, how can I best support those people in my life? And if you're needing supported, we need to be asking God for those people just to come out, out of the shadows and just be there for you and be strong and be solid and be steadfast and persevering um, for you until you can get back on your feet. That's really good. That's really good, man. Brenda, you've you've talked about this a little bit, and I think I think it'd really help us for sure to understand, but also our listeners. Um, so, how do you and your team blend professional counseling and therapy practices with biblical principles and truth? Is there is there a particular way you merge those two things together, or, or how does that work? Yeah. So for us, I mean, like I mentioned before, I think the majority of people are are calling us because they do want their faith to be integrated or they want it to be a safe topic that they can bring up. So they enjoy having a counselor that they know is a believer, you know, and has their own relationship with Christ as well. So, but I will say it looks different um, from counselor to counselor, right? I mean, because we're individuals. So the way that we incorporate that is going to look different. I I try and tell my people and encourage them, right, just just listen to the Holy Spirit, you know, just listen to the Holy Spirit. Because if if the Lord, as you're talking with someone and you're working on things like boundaries or you're 
talking about a memory that was very painful and traumatic. If the Holy Spirit leads you to share a verse or the Holy Spirit leads you to pray at the end of the session, then do that. But don't do it because it's what I always do. Or don't do it because this is what I think I'm supposed to do. Um, It's not a, a formula. Do it because you're led by the Holy Spirit. And I think, again, that's that's the point of us having our own walk with the Lord is that, is that we're listening and we can hear. Um, so we have clients that they want uh, books as recommendations that are from a Christian perspective. You know, uh, we have other clients who are very new in their faith. Um, and so, you know, we're careful about what kinds of 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 resources we give them, you know, making sure that it's not something that's, you know, completely deep and hard, you know, but maybe it's a little bit lighter, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna try and weigh them down. Um, But we want to give things that, that are on the level of where that client may be. We also try to be really sensitive that we've got people who I love God, I believe in God, but you know what? I was really abused by someone in church or really right. hurt by church. And so again, we walk a fine line with being cautious that we're not being churchy, um, mm-hmm. but we're trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So that may look different, every different client, and we try to meet them where they are. That's really good. It's it's sad. I've heard from a number of therapists, particularly that, that are Christians that are coming into it from that perspective. And they talk about how they were surprised at how many cases of spiritual abuse that that maybe they're dealing with, but also, you know, on top of that, you know, other types of abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse that maybe someone did encounter in the church, and just yeah. how damaging that really is mm-hmm. to a person. And yes. unfortunately, how it doesn't represent God or Jesus, but it feels like it to that person because it's being done in the context of a church or a church leader. And um, that can be really devastating for people. Mm-hmm. I am so glad to hear that addressed by you, Brenda, because I think we want to sound squeaky clean. I think we want to sound like, you know, if you had anything happen in the church or by a Christian, that that just can't be. That must, you know, we've got to sweep that under the rug. And I think we're really past that. Or we're just going, you know what? We live in a fallen world. People are people and people can really hurt you. And so um, let's not only talk about it, but I'm trained in that area, speaking, you know, as a, not one who's a counselor, but like counselor has said, and, um, and let's get to the bottom of it and let's not pretend that those things just don't exist. Um, again, letting that embarrassment, that pride, anything like that fall to the side in order to get the life that you are meant to have. Um, God is powerful enough to bulldoze right down the middle of these things Sometimes you just need the appropriate truck to be riding in. And often that has been counseling in our in our life. One of the things I've loved about this conversation is that throughout the conversation, I just I hear it in your voice. I, I know you, so I know it's in your life. And I know you you bring this when you meet with people. But I hear hope and I hear hope because I hear it as you talk about and what you've experienced probably in hundreds if not thousands of lives of, of those mm-hmm. that you personally and, and your whole team has treated and helped. So as you think about that, just what are a couple ways you have seen clients 
find and experience hope in their own mental health journey and their struggle possibly with mental illness. So I, I think, again, the thing that stands out to me is that knowing that, like you said, you're not alone, and then couple that with, hey, that's kind of a normal response given what you're describing to me, right? Yeah. And so you put some of those things together and you reduce that shame. And when you reduce that shame and then you give people an opportunity to say, well, here's some other things that you might try and do different, they do have hope because they haven't been able to see it because it has been overwhelming or it has been in their blind side. And now here's someone coming alongside them, myself or someone else and saying, well, let's just try this together. You know, mm-hmm. not alone anymore. Um, I'm going to be a support. I'm going to be a help. I'll be your cheerleader if you need it, you know, so we can walk that path together. And I really do believe that. I mean, we count that such an honor to be with people during some really dark times. It is a privilege to do that. And I never want to forget when people share their, their really dark and painful times. It, it is a privilege. It is an honor. And we appreciate that. We know it is not easy, but it is such an honor to walk through those times with people. And we believe that together and especially with the Lord, that change can happen and healing can happen and good things can happen in their life. And we've seen it. Mm-hmm. We see it. We see it all the time. God restores. He does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's that beautiful. We love that. Yeah, absolutely. I think I have seen hope in exactly what you're talking about. When somebody will sit with me in those very difficult times and you don't always know if those are going to keep reoccurring in a person's life or if it's a, you know, one major thing and then maybe things will subside for a while, if not for, for a lengthy amount of time. And I'll tell you, just somebody sitting with me that is trained, a trained professional and saying, we are going to get through this and um, not de- devaluing what I'm going through, but yet at the same time, help, helping me have a plan. If I have a plan to stay then my plan to not be here anymore is greatly lessened because I have hope. And it doesn't mean that that plan has to stay exactly like we originally mark it down to be. But there is a process that's in front of me that I want to show up for. I begin to, to find that hope. With Jesus, we do not have to be hopeless, but sometimes we need somebody to hold the big banner up and just say, here it is. This is what it looks like. Right. God does not make an exception of you to go around that big billboard. You're included in that. And sometimes you just need somebody to hold that up and just go, it's right here. It's right here. It's right here. And I can breathe again and know that I'm going to be okay. It is okay. And I'm going to be okay because of the help that I can get. I think so often we feel the truths, we we know and experience these truths of God, that God loves us, that God forgives us, that there's grace and mercy and all these things. We know these things about God, and the Bible tells us these things about God, but we really feel them as we experience them from other people. So when I experience love from somebody else, unconditional love, I'm 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 seeing something about them, but I'm really also feeling God's love in my life. When when I 
feel forgiveness from somebody else, even if my sin wasn't against them. But when I when I see and hear grace instead of I think you've talked a lot about shame and how devastating that is, Brenda, I'm I'm freed from that. I'm feeling God's forgiveness. And I think whether it's with a friend or with a therapist or a counselor that's a professional in your life, God speaks to us through those people. And I know, Brenda, that God speaks through you and your team to Mm -hmm. so many people. Um, The love of God, the forgiveness of God, the grace of God, the truth of God, um, you know, all these things that that remove shame and allow people to move forward in in um, really, like you said, in redemption and restoration. So, man, we 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 love that. We see that. And Mm, and we're so thankful for you. Well. As we wrap up today's episode, I was just sitting here thinking, what a full circle moment. I'm almost mm-hmm. like thinking back to that young 18, 19 year old guy in myself. And I'm thinking, I'm, I know I was sitting at one point at a table in the school cafeteria with the two of you <laughs> and probably just sitting there listening because you guys were sitting <laughs> and, But I was loving it because, uh, you know, I was pretty shy. And just soaking that all in and to sit here now and to have this conversation with you and to to have you as you encourage and minister in our lives, Brenda, but also to so many others. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, you know, I can't think we talk about hope. I can't just get on my head how good God is mm-hmm. to even let us have this friendship that though we haven't lived close to one another in a number of years. There's so many intersections and cross points and through the 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 miracle of Facebook and you know, even now as we talk to you kind of over the internet through a video connection, man, just what a blessing it that is. is. 100%. And so we're yeah. so thankful. Well, Brenda, do this for us. Um, would you share with our listeners if they'd like to find you online through your website, through social media, how can they find you? And just so our listeners know, we'll also put this in the show notes here at the end of the episode. Okay, I will. I'll be happy to say that. But I want to say one thing too. I so appreciate the podcast that you guys have done. I tell people about it. I give the link. I've given it several times to clients, to my staff, because I have really, really been encouraged and not just encouraged, but learn, learn from you guys so much. Thank you for what you're doing. It, it is well, such great you. value. Thank you for what you're doing. It we is top notch. Yeah. We so appreciate if anybody, oh, I, I just love you guys. And I just really appreciate what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. If anybody wants to find me down in the Dallas, uh, South Dallas, Waxhatchee, Red Oak area, they can look up elledgecounseling.com. That's our website. We have an Elledge Counseling Facebook page and Instagram page. So um, they can find me that way. Give me a call. Yeah, definitely look her up. Look up her practice for encouragement. If you're needing help and you're in that area, this would be a great resource for you. And um Hey, we want to thank you for listening today, for just giving us this time of yours. And we don't take that for granted. And we appreciate you. And um, we we just, I just feel hopeful. I know this whole conversation has made me just feel hopeful. So I really hope as a listener, you're you're leaving this time together feeling the same way. Because if if so, we've definitely accomplished our purpose. We'll be back next week. And until then, God bless you guys. Yes. Thank you, Brenda. We love you, girl. Thank you. Thank you. Love you guys. Bye.